0: You're listening to Giants CronCast, a podcast chronicling the San Francisco Giants, featuring Brian Murphy and Doug Brazoni, Part of FFSN, Fans First Sports Network.
1: When, when the Giants get into the postseason, though, they're going to need two starting pitchers, and, and it's got one of them has, has to be Alex Cobb. It's,
0: yeah, they, uh, they need every starter they can get right now, which is why they're actually using starting pitchers again. They, they got away for it, from it for a while. They were like, we forgot we could do that. To have the guy in the first inning also pitch all the way into the fifth inning.
1: They did that Seinfeld, oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> they did yeah, that exactly. Uh, so... <laughs> We are podcasting on a Wednesday evening after the Giants win the rubber match against the Cleveland Guardians uh, to wrap up a 5-1 and homestand uh, ahead of the longest road trip of the year. The last road trip of the year, I should say. And it's going to be all NL West teams. But we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. The Giants' chances of making into the postseason uh, around 30%. Thereabouts, they're four games from being eliminated from the NL West race. Rest in peace. Feels like, I mean, I spiritually
0: gave up on that last November. So <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a time it was looking it was looking plausible that they could make a run at it, uh, and then July started. So sure. Yeah. That's when Fair enough. You know what? That's,
1: that's fair. That's a lot of reasonable people have pushed back every time I've sounded doom and gloom, melodramatic, hyperbolic, because they're like, oh, they still have a chance, dingus, because they're not eliminated <laughs> yet. And if they get into the postseason by virtue of being in the postseason, they have a shot. So you can't say that if they get in, they have no shot. They literally mathematically have a shot. So you have to keep those things in mind. It's very important.
0: <laughs> That's true. That is also the tone, the exact tone of most of the comments I read on the internet. That's how
1: I read most comments um, yeah. and certainly all tweets, but
0: they're, they're all comic book guy from the Simpsons. <laughs> except he talked. except if he talked about sports. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're one game out of the wild card, 75 and 71 tied with the Reds. They'll be playing the Diamondbacks twice more. And they've got the Dodgers. They've got the Rockies. I said we'd talk about all this later, but I just wanted to kind of set the stage uh, in what was a a nice homestand. You know, you're never—it's never a sure thing when it has to be a sure thing, and when it projects to be a sure thing, it had to be a sure thing that the Giants swept the Rockies. On paper, it looked like the Giants should sweep the Rockies, but you and I, and certainly most of our listeners, have watched enough baseball to know there are no sure things in baseball, and that's why we love it. And that's why it makes us really sad
0: half the year. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, that's why I mean, it makes me sad half the year. <laughs> yeah, you like you can say they should have swept the Rockies, so it's you know whatever. But you know they should have swept the A's in August, so and they didn't. They did the opposite of that. They they lost to instead of winning to. Right. So you can never take it for granted that they're going to show up, especially this Giants team who have spent has spent two months not showing up. Uh, and is just now kind of cramming for the final again.
1: And I have to believe that the critical mass of media coverage, fans just crushing the lineup, just absolutely negging the lineup is what is compelling it to turn around. That's the only real explanation, but that is starting to help. Taking two out of three against the Guardians – I think was, you know, as we saw, they had two walk-off wins. It was no sure thing that they were going to win that series, even with the Guardians' record, even though the Guardians are in the AL Central and they claimed all the uh, refuse from the Angels in in this idea of, like, what if? What if we ran down the Twins? Wouldn't that be hilarious? And it's like, well, it's the AL Central. It's wacky, stupid... uh, uh, war of attrition, stuff like that is completely plausible. And and I was a little afraid that maybe the Giants would get caught up in that somehow. As it stands, it just turns out, you know, they're two teams that are pretty similar in a lot of ways and the Giants had the home field advantage and they took advantage. So that was nice to see. Let's just knock out. I mentioned Alex Cobb. He looked good. I had him as sort of like the injury guy. They really did lay off of him after the, the big pitch count, the 130 plus pitches uh, for the one hitter. And then uh, he didn't look good in his next start, obviously. So they, they seem to have backed off on him. And then they only let him or had him go five. He looked great to get through five. So there's that. Just want to point that out. Alex Cobb looked sharp. You know, Alex Cobb has never pitched this well this deep into a major league season before. This is all uncharted territory for his body, for, for, for the team. Uh, Austin Slater had an inner ear issue. I didn't realize that. So it seems like he's... Gotten the right medication to deal with that. It's kind of a serious issue. And he seems he does seem to be hitting a little bit better. That will be very important if that continues. And then Patrick Bailey back from the concussion IL. Listen, this is what I know about concussions. I don't know any, anything about concussions except that they're scary. And so you never know which way these these injuries can go. I was really happy to see him back. And it turns out, Doug, the Giants are really good when Patrick Bailey's in the lineup.
0: Well, he's helpful. You know, he's, he's a good um, baseball player is what I've heard. Uh, You know, they they didn't do too badly with, with Joey Bart in there. Um, That was partly because Joey Bart's defense has progressed to fine. uh, And partly because they were playing mostly the Rockies, but um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously better to see Bailey in there. He's stronger on both sides of the, both sides of the ball he's um an overall more exciting player at this point he doesn't have the raw power but joey bart doesn't use the raw power and uh and then you combine that with blake sable hitting big homers and stealing bases off uh the guardians in the late innings and the catcher position is one of the few where you're like yeah sure oh that's 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 not bad it's pretty good i'll take it so that's kind of like
1: the setup. The big news of the week were a couple of things that I wanted to highlight. Ross Stripling. <laughs> Don't turn off the podcast just yet. <laughs> <laughs> he had some comments in the in the San Francisco Chronicle earlier in the week. Uh, Ross Stripling is basically on an island. His status is uncertain. He's um, he's ready to pitch, he says he's healthy. And the team just hasn't activated him yet. So he doesn't know what's going on there. Mentioned, and you wrote about all this, like he also mentioned he'll be opting in. Oh, I wonder if they didn't, they couldn't write that in. But he was like, oh, you better believe I'm opted in.
0: <laughs> oh, baby, have you seen my stats this year? Give $12.5 million to this guy. So...
1: John Shea in the Chronicle quoted him saying, In my head, it seems obvious I haven't pitched well enough to opt out, Stripling said. If I could have gotten healthy and had a good September, it might have been in the realm. But really, in my head now, I'm a 2024 Giant and ready to work with these guys over the offseason to figure some stuff out and get better and show up to spring training and be ready to rock and be a Giant. That's 100% where I am. And I read it that stupidly so that I could get through it.
0: (laughs) I I hope uh, you go through in post-production on this. And when you say ready to rock, you put like, (laughs) ready to rock. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) So we, we have to remember that at least I was cheering when they made this signing in the off season. I'm like, perfect. Number five guy who could maybe also just be the long guy bounce back and forth doesn't walk anybody, seems to have the stuff, you know, obviously they know what they're doing if they think this guy who doesn't strike out a ton of guys will still be effective in their division, in their park. Um, And we've certainly seen flashes this season where that looks like the case where he can be effective. But any fan that's upset that he's on the team or would be opting in, uh, fine. I'm not going to argue with you on that. Uh, he's going to be a very expensive Jacob Junis next year. At worst, that's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is he's closer to what he was uh, last year with Toronto, which would be very helpful for the Giants in the back of the rotation and then the pitching staff. But you wrote about this a little bit more. Go check it out, GiantsDug.substack.com. And you're kind of making the counter argument of like, no, Brian, don't just agree if people are mad. What did what did
0: Russ Ross Stripling did nothing wrong. That that is the exact opposite thing that I said. I very specifically said Ross Stripling did two things wrong. He didn't pitch very well and then he was honest. <laughs> oh, see, I took honesty as he did nothing wrong. <laughs> he was just no, honest. You're, not, you're literally not supposed to be honest like that. Um it is it's bad for the team, so you don't you don't do it. Um but yeah, I mean, so the original thing that happened with Stripling is he had a terrible first half. You know, his ERA in the first half was in the high sixes. Um, six, sorry, the mid sixes. It was 637. You know what, Doug? That happens. Okay? <laughs> it happens. You know, whatever. He, you know, in the second half, he's been basically fine. He's It's been a 410 ERA. Um, and he's pitched a little better. Uh, his, you know, his FIP is, was bad, both halves. But his ex-FIP was, has been fairly steady. 402 in the first half, 372 in the... Second half, like just kind of bad. It's what it's what we would call bad luck with home run balls. Like a lot more fly balls are going for homers than you would expect. You'd say, "Oh, that's probably just bad luck." I mean, is it really bad luck? Who knows? But that's the kind of thing you expect to even out um, in the long run. Though the the counter example to that is we expected that for several years with Tim Lincecum after he started to be bad, and it never happened. um So sometimes guys are just bad. <laughs> Uh but so like he didn't pitch well. And you know, I don't want to minimize that at all because that's that's his job to pitch well. But he also has like some legitimate grievances in that the Giants made him promises they just didn't bother keeping. You know, they when they signed him, Farhan was like, Yeah, we 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 see you as a starter and he was like, That's why I came to the Giants. They saw me as a starter. His he started one game and then was out of the bullpen for the next month or two. Um, You know, that's not really giving him an honest effort in the rotation. Uh, And right now he's, uh, you know, they told him that they were going to activate him in early September. We are now in mid September and and he's not activated. So you understand kind of his frustration. And at the same time, they don't have a place for him. Like, I don't, I don't want to, Say the Giants are being pure bad guys here. They're they're kind of being assholes, I think. But they're not wrong. It's, it's a real Walter Sobchak situation. Uh, a, but, a reference, you know, okay. <laughs> that's a reference, yeah. That's right. I'm not explaining it. Uh, um, but, you know, he, they said they're going to treat him a certain way, and they didn't. But also, he hasn't really earned that this year. But also, you shouldn't say that then, if you're not going to do it, if you're not going to follow through. Um, I think probably they were expecting someone to get hurt and then the situation would kind of work itself out. And that just hasn't happened. Um, One of the possibilities I brought up in in my article was, uh, you know, they might be looking at getting rid of Alex Wood which would be a very similar problem, but he hasn't pitched well. And then, you know, yesterday he went and he pitched great against the guardians and he saved that game from getting out of hand. And he's a huge part of why the team won. So I, I, I don't see the spot for Ross Stripling.
1: I didn't want to bring that up because I think we wrote him off last week. And then there he was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there he was. Next, Brian
1: <laughs> nagging works. <laughs> uh, lots of engagement on that post. Um, so go check that out on Giant, on Doug Substack there and, and join the conversation. <laughs> join, join it. I love
0: conversations.
1: One last thing about Ross Stripling. We've talked about this before, or I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast. Maybe it was the previous iteration. Uh, maybe it's just online, but it's sort of like, yeah, there is a line you're not supposed to cross. Even when it's obvious, you're being jerked around. I will say, If I'm if I'm forced to take sides or give value to an argument, Ross Stripling complaining holds more weight to me than Alex Wood complaining does. That's those are one thing. And then either of them complaining, I would rather listen to than one second of Aaron Rowan complaining. One (laughs) second of Miguel Tejada complaining. Remember that? Remember that was going on? It was like, shut the fuck up. Go jump (laughs) off a pier. Used. <laughs> Not happening with these guys. Zach Lattell, shut up! I don't care. So go, go be a starter on the Rays and be really solid. <laughs> Just really annoying. <laughs> take, take that yeah, asshole! Right, but you, you would think that like a team that's you know coached within a, an within an inch of its life has all these out inputs optimized. That you would think that when they say this is the plan. That versus a lot of other organizations they're probably blowing far less smoke, but maybe this is just the point in the season where they're like we gotta blow some smoke here <laughs> we gotta yeah. we just gotta get through uh I think you know there's a part of me that wonders if Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck working out you know at Keaton Wynn effective essentially working out as well as he has has also been like a nice surprise that's gummed up their plans
0: so. <laughs> yeah I mean honestly you have to think it has like they probably look at Keaton, Wynn, and Tristan Beck together. Like, take those two guys. One of them will be good. The other one will give Stripling spot. We'll put Stripling in that spot. Like, just like looking at it whenever Stripling went on the IL. And it just didn't work out that well that, that way. They've both been good. It's like at the beginning of the season when uh, I was like, when what we agreed was, you know, you put you put Hanniger and Conforto together, you'll probably get like one season's worth of production out of them. And that's what the Giants have gotten. Yeah. Right. So it's it's, I think, a similar thing. And it just it happened to work out better for, for Beck and, and Wynn than it did for Hannah and conforto
1: Also, Jacob Junis. Can't forget. Yeah. It's like that's that has to be a little bit of a surprise, too. It's like, he's really good. All right. Uh, let's move on here to the next segment of which to reiterate that negging works. If you're a fan, <laughs> do not cheer for your team. Jeer at your team because it's working for the 2023 San Francisco Giants. I don't know if it's a kink. I don't know if it's like a bug in the software this year that will get fixed in the offseason. I don't know what it is, but that's what's going on. Luis Matos, let's hear it for the boy. 21 years old, my God. <laughs> uh, but I wrote an article uh, praising his offense and how it's it has been steady improvement as the season's gone on. And then that night he goes 0 for 4 with the strikeout. But see, that's, that's being positive. But in that same article, I jeered his defense in center field. I'm like, it looks like the giants have figured out. He's not going to work there in center field. Even though as is pointed out to me, he, he won minor league defensive uh, uh, award last year for his defense in center, but the metrics this year in major league, baseball not great in center. And then of course against the Guardians in that game where he goes 0 for 4 has a couple of great plays in center field. So <laughs> nagging works is what I'm getting at here. <laughs> uh anything you want to say about Luis Matos?
0: Uh I mean he's he's done a nice job this month. It's uh he came up, he looked when he he first came up this year, he looked a little bit overwhelmed. Um People people would always talk about him along with uh, Schmidt and Bailey as guys who had hot starts and then cooled down. Like Majos didn't have a hot start. No. He he had like one hit in his first game. People were like, well, he's the next great rookie, and then he was just like fine for a while, and then he got a little worse. Um, but it's been it's been good to see him hit the ball well, hit the ball with a little more authority in September than he had before. I feel like his uh, his exit velocity is, is higher. He's making better contact. That could just be anecdotal. I don't know. I don't look at those stats because I would have to click on something for that, and who has time for that? But um, he, you know, he looks more hitterish than he did uh, the the earlier part of the year, and it's it's been nice to see. I don't know if he's going to last on the roster when Conforto comes back. Someone has to go down, um, but he's he's done a nice job. All right, this is a
1: a subject perhaps outside of our zone of interest or certainly maybe my area of interest and expertise, but something to bring up. Attendance woes. Dun-dun-dun, the boogeyman. 20,705 on Monday night against the Guardians is their third lowest of the season and lowest since May 8th. Uh, The team is 17th in attendance. That's the main reason why I wanted to highlight that. That's not what you want. That's in the lower half of the league. You know, that's not good. Uh, that's a big surprise. That's not something that you would, you know, you're dialing up the Giants. That's not what That's not what you'd expect. Uh, and as a fan, that's not necessarily what you'd want. There was 26,000 at the game on Wednesday, so there's that. Uh, it could just been a rough Monday night. People just didn't want to come out, clearing out the fog from celebrating the 57th anniversary of Star Trek on friday i don't know it could have been any of those things but i'm all that to say if attendance does continue to settle into this situation and certainly there's uh, arguments to be made demographics wise like you know there are a lot of people working from home now they're not in the city they're not going to games after work that's affecting things it's still pretty expensive to take your family to a game the giants game especially inflation has Hurt everybody. I mean, go does hundred dollars at your grocery store get you the same now as it did even a year ago. Um, you know, those types of things that are contributing to this. And in the notes, I'm sure you saw this. If the giants, if the region demographics are changing, or let's just say the city, the stadium, the crowd it can attract, and maybe it'll evolve over time. But if for now it's settling into like a middle of the pack, for major league baseball attendance, that will impact revenue to some degree. But I think that's all the more reason why having a guy from the Oakland A's running the team is the right person for the
0: job. It's because right, yeah, because he can he can know where to move the team.
1: <laughs> uh- <laughs> yeah, that's right. For anxiety, the reason why he didn't make it a lot of moves at the deadline is he had a set of binoculars. You're just scoping. <laughs> the Great Plains. He's like, the, the...
0: He's like I, I can see Portland from my office. i like, you cannot see Portland from your office. That's absolutely not true. Also, it's a worst market in every way. What are you doing? He's like, just trust me.
1: <laughs> it's either there or Honolulu. <laughs> uh, do you have any thoughts on, on this situation such as it is?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, it's so some of it is that i You know, it's a combination, right? Let the Giants attendance this year has been lower than you would expect based on how it used to be. But like you said, people aren't really in the office as much. And I think they they did get a good amount of business from people who were, you know, working and then went to a game and then went home. Um, They probably, you know, that's not going to happen as much anymore. Uh, People just have to cut back because everything's so expensive now. The, you know you go to you go to Safeway and you buy like three things. You're like, why is this seventy dollars? Mm-hmm. This shouldn't have been seventy dollars, but it is. That that is how much it costs. Um, so you know you can spend that money at the grocery store. You can spend the money in the Giants game, and that's before you even spend seventy dollars on one meal at the Giants game. <laughs> so, and then you know the team was uninspiring for a lot of this year. Like Casey Schmidt was great for a week. Patrick Bailey had a really good month of June before he kind of cooled down for a while. Um, But the team spent two months when they should be building excitement for a playoff run, looking like garbage. And it's, it's really hard to get excited about that team when they just keep telling you not to. So I I don't think we can underestimate that as part of it. Um, They're not an objectively bad team. They're just not, an objectively good one. And there aren't that many players who you're going to pay to watch. You know, no one on the offense is that exciting. Uh, They have a couple pitchers, you know, they have Logan Webb. He's fun. Uh, Kyle Harrison is exciting. Camilo Duvall is fun when he gets in the game, but you know, Webb and Harrison, it's two out of every five games and Duvall, you know, how many leads have they had lately? So it's, it's hard to be like, well, that's the guy I want to watch. I'm going to go to see him. I'm going to go to see Barry Bonds. I'm going to go to see Tim Lincecum or Hunter Pence or whatever. The The Giants don't have anyone of that caliber. I think the star the lack of star power is hurting them a lot. And then you you add in the other factors of there aren't as many people to go to a game on a whim because, you know, if you live in Orinda and you work in the city two days a week and you're like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to go all the way into the city now on a day. I'm not there. That doesn't make any sense. So you're not going to do it. Then consider this, the
1: history of the stadium skews what's happening now. The giants get a new stadium to kick off the 21st century. They have Barry bonds on that team. And the second, you know, the first year they go to the playoffs, you know, they have great, they have a great team. Second year home run chase, World Series year three, and then you've got 2003 winning, you know, 100 games, and then you've got whatever happened in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> but you had a competitive team. Who can yeah, remember? Yeah. I sure. They can. go into a rebuild pretty soon after that. But then, then you're in the championship era of of the team that you know eats up uh, at least half the decade. Uh, you know that follows the first decade, and so not that expectations are skewed by any means, but you're they've hit the ground running at Oracle Park on such a high that it is probably hard to know what is, is this now the norm when they're just in the league of average teams, which they're going to be for a long time or for the foreseeable future, I think. The next three years, they're not going to have a Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman combo at the top. They're not going to have, Star power is definitely a major part of it, but competition-wise, you know, it's like when they had Bonds, they had some other good players and they were a good team overall and they had a star power. The start of the stadium really does skew what's going on now. And it's kind of unfair. It's unreasonable, I think, to compare what's happening now to prior success because that success was so lofty, so ridiculous, especially the Bonds part of that, that they could only follow up the Bonds era with a championship era if you think about it it's like we have the greatest home run hitter of all time and uh you know willie may's godson you know all this stuff all this history all this lore all this excitement that you know captures the entire sport you have to follow it up with the only logical thing was like and now they're good at winning championships you know that kind of thing they have a core of young players that are homegrown and They did their own thing and they won, you know, three and five years. Like that kind of stuff needs to happen. That's the only way they could have topped the Bonds years. So then where do you go from there is kind of the next question. And I think that's still an open question.
0: Yeah. And also without Buster Posey, uh, everyone is sad all the time. I certainly am. (laughs) I know. know. Uh, Doug, what's
1: something you found interesting about the Giants this week?
0: I have been kind of quietly ragging on Blake Sable for a while, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and 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 I am stupid. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's it's okay. We can say it. Um, no, he had a, he had a great week. He uh, did it, everything you could hope he did he would do. He um, he hit two homers. He stole bases. He looked just like he hadn't been in a huge slump for a while even though he had. Um and it was sort of a it kind of felt like the Giants being like, yeah, it works. Our stuff works. Okay. It doesn't work great, <laughs> but it works. When it works, it, it's good. Um so having Blake Sable back and hitting, I think would be a really it will you know, if he can keep it going through the end of the year, it'll be a really big deal for the team. They need they need these hitters. They need this production. They need to not uh wear out Patrick Bailey. He's, you know, he was. There were some before his concussion. There were some quotes in the newspaper where Kapler was like, "Maybe we'll play him every day. It's the end of the season. You know, we you got to do what you got to do." And you know, you read that and you go, "Well, don't do that. That's that's just a really bad idea. He's gonna be, he's gonna be a toast. You know, toast two weeks in, then he gets concussed and they can't do it. But having Sable as a legitimate backup option, someone who can." Give you that good platoon at bat against a right-hander, also, so that he can pinch it for, you know, whoever's at DH mm-hmm. that day. Um, I think that that's a big deal for what the team is trying to accomplish.
1: I find it very interesting that people are starting to write about Jock Peterson being a letdown because that's something that I was saying.
0: <laughs> you have been saying that for a while, yeah. And and it comes
1: he's smoking cigars before but while he's in the batting cages and, and like his conditioning is uh is part of the equation here. This is something that was written about, I think, on cambyr.com or it was Danny Emmerman or something. Someone pointed out it's like, hey, Jock Peterson's not doing all that hot. I mean, he's not terrible, but he's you know, certainly not what they expected. I just want to be very clear as well. Like at no point have I been sitting there saying or thinking for $19 million, you know, he's not living up to that contract. I understood why he got that deal. But what I'm saying is he certainly was not, he has not been the guy the giants expected him to be. And he's been, uh, a letdown in that regard. He's said he has flashes and he's still, you know, can work and work account and all that stuff. But it's just dreadful when he's in the in the outfield. You know, I'm glad Matos is up. It means less Jock Peterson in the outfield. That kind of thing. Mitch Haniger less Jock Peterson in the outfield. Great. Um, my my point is, I just find it interesting that uh, finally now, when the season is there's 16 games left, now people are going. Wait a minute, what was Jock Peterson doing all year?
0: So, so anyway. Also, want to give a shout out to Sean Mania. You know, we talked earlier in the show about. Hey, the Giants might have two starting pitchers now. I mean, I went out and he he had a good start against Cleveland. He uh he five and two thirds, struck out five, walked uh just two, only two hits, um, gave up three runs, but only one of them was earned. And it's it was also the kind of unearned runs where they were actually completely unearned, where like he was out of the inning if they make the play and then they don't make yeah, the play. That, yep. Mm-hmm. Um and then, and then also, he didn't even allow the runs. It was, uh, it was Ryan Walker who came in and cashed those runs in for him. So
1: You're welcome, um, everyone, since we named yeah. him the most trustworthy
0: pitcher. <laughs> the curse. Okay, we knew that curse was
1: coming. Taylor Rogers and Ryan Walker, both of them, yeah. let us down quite a bit. <laughs> Killing it. So, um, yes, that's a great point. I think we're going to have to – I want to be very careful because I don't want to get – a, a direct comment at me being wrong here. So I'm going to choose my words very carefully. Doug, you're suggesting what we're going to have to do at the end of the season is we might have to come to the conclusion or make an argument that Shamaniah actually had maybe a good season. Well, let's not go crazy. Right. So that's the thing. There is definitely, you could just like, if you just let your eyes drift at his. Game log, you can see that it's like it's it has actually is mostly pretty good, but pretty much the first month and a half it's it's bad, save for his yeah, yeah, it's bad, like it's at and it's skewing the numbers. So by the end of the season, he's not going to like wind up at like a 100 ERA plus or anything like that. Um, but it is it's an interesting turnaround he has had during the season, is to that point what you're saying, like he is another guy. He's definitely one of those guys that if they bring in in game three of the wild card round and they're trailing three to one or something, and it's the fourth inning, I'm like, all right, Manaya's is going to get four and five, at least maybe even into the sixth. And I would feel comfortable with that, to be honest. So that's a credit yeah. to him, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he has absolutely turned it around. I mean, I still trust him much more out of the bullpen than the rotation, Um with i mean even with his good start but that good start is sort of like hey maybe you know maybe yeah who knows
1: yeah that's it's an interesting call there and i think when i was writing my season or my series preview for the guardians is like it does seem like the giants are trying to condition themselves like just in case Something wacky happens and we make it. We should probably prepare a little bit. (laughs) We should probably uh, see what happens. Um, All right, let's move on.
0: Okay, Brian, what's something that concerned you about the Giants this week? I
1: kind of think as good as the defense has mostly been this season, it's like it's running out of gas. Maybe it just has everything to do with what I was just saying. Jock Peterson playing in the field really – Screws things up. But you mentioned the Shamanaya start that 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 loss was in part not because not just because they couldn't hit uh, against a team that pitches well. But they they couldn't field the ball uh, defensively. The defensive metrics I tend to look at generally is just the fan graphs defensive runs. That seems that's usually just like good enough for me. Uh, and then maybe I'll go to Statcast cast and look at individual breakdowns. But just from the fan graphs perspective, the Giants are 10th with the 6.3 defensive runs uh, above average, Uh, they have a lot of errors. I think I saw an article being like, this is why errors are not like a great stat. You know, Patrick Bailey has 10 errors because he throws the ball in the center field trying to throw out runners a bunch. But you wouldn't say that Patrick Bailey should stop doing that because he's also really good at catching base runners, right? So like the defensive metrics are always not a work in progress, but they're always like, you just kind of have to look at them a little bit more, but you look at things like their ultimate zone rating. If, Mm -hmm. if that's a defunct stat, I think it kind of is, there are some negatives that are in there, but it's one of those things where it's like, one of the reasons why, when they were approaching the 2010 postseason, it's like, if this team could just get into the, the playoffs, they could make a run because they, they, they field and they, they pitch. And this team, I'm like, they pitch and they kind of field, and they don't hit it all, and like that's not as a uh, comforting a thought to me. So I'm very concerned by the fact that uh, if the defense winds up screwing them uh, in the wild card round or in the last weekend or whatever, it's not going to be a surprise. It's just going to be a huge. Disu- it's going to be finding the dove in the in the bag that's labeled dead dove. <laughs> I don't know what I expected. <laughs> So.
0: I don't know what I expected. Yeah, they they came in, they played two games the wild card yeah. round. They scored one run. Yeah. yeah, that's about right. And the
1: and the one run, and the, the three runs they gave up were um, were based on uh, defensiveness cues. So, uh, what about you, Doug? Anything that concerned you this week?
0: I would have liked to see some more convincing wins against the Guardians. Interesting. But don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, lo- I love I walk-offs. They're delightful. They're fun. The kids go crazy. Uh, they have lots of other positive things about them. But the Guardians are, you know, they're, they're a few games below 500, but they're a decent team overall. Um, and I, I want to see the Giants have, a like, an all-around solid, non-stressful 5-1 win against a team like that once in a series when they're at home. Um, you know, I, I want to see them kind of put it all together for a game. And they, they kind of didn't. Like, it was they, – they they scraped together a win uh, in extra innings on Monday. They lost because uh, they couldn't hit on Tuesday. Then they scraped together another win yesterday. And, like, I look at that, and, that, and I, I'm excited they won. I'm happy they won. Um, it's a good time but I, I want to see them look more convincing. I want to see them be the team that's in command and stays in command and doesn't give it up um, because that's the kind of team you have to be at some point in the playoffs or you're going to lose. That's the kind of team they're going to have to be down the stretch when they're facing the diamondbacks and God forbid the Dodgers or they're going to lose. Um, Cause you know, the, the guardians aren't a good hitting team. no, um, they, they can pitch and it's, it's good that the giants, you know, they could score uh, six runs against them yesterday. That that's impressive. You no, know, not taking anything away from that, but I mean, they shouldn't be giving up the five runs. They shouldn't be giving up. It, it shouldn't be three, three, five, what they're giving up. They should be able to have a game where they shut down an offense like that. And I don't know that they're doing that right now. I don't know. They can pitch. They can't, their feelings a little suspect, They just keep kind of doing the little things wrong. It feels like there's always some reason that the game is more tense than it should be. If you give a team like the guardians, that kind of break, you can beat them. If you give a team like the Dodgers, that kind of break, you cannot. Yeah. And I think the giants, the giants have been giving teams those kinds of breaks all year.
1: Yeah. And they're not going to be able to just jump into the postseason and win games like how they won against the Rockies. Where they look like they're in control, but you could watch in those games the Rockies beating themselves just as badly. In fact, you could argue that the that the Rockies beat themselves more than the Giants beat them, because that's how bad the Rockies yeah. are. And so, yeah, I totally agree. You can't just turn it on, especially if you know you have to. If you're going to take this uh, for what it is, this is a different team that hasn't won anything. They've never been there before. They've never done this before. This is all new to all of them. So like, how are they going to put a full game together? That's kind of maybe the challenge of the next couple of weeks more than anything else. And, you know, it's it's going to be harder to uh, polish that or, you know, get in that game shape that you're suggesting, Doug, because now they're going to go to Colorado for four games. And as we know in Colorado, you just try to survive. So <laughs> if it's 14 to 11 with five errors, you know what I mean? Like everything we just said, they got to be careful. They got to like really put it together. It's like, no, if they use if like if you've got Logan Webb, like playing the field, it's whatever. It's just like, you got to get through <laughs> whatever gets you through the game is what it's going to take a four game series in Colorado. And how many times have giant seasons been decided how you feel about them? Remember at 20, 2010, I think there was a big series in Colorado there too, four games, where they're trying to run down the Padres and it's like the, you know, people were feeling good about the giants. It was just a good test for them right there. I think Matt Cain had to exercise some demons pitching there. Was that 2002 or 2010? I mean, I think it was 2010. Yeah. yeah. So I remember that Matt Cain game. Yeah. So it's, so it's like, that's, that could be this weekend. I think that's, I think that's reasonable. You know, I think, you know, you have a great, they had a really good homestand. How many times in the last couple of years have they had really shitty homestands that just like take the air out of it? So they've put it together enough to have a good homestand. Teams, it's been said, tend to bond more when they're on the road. So if they can't carry that over, that's nice. And then they'll have the two in Arizona and that'll be an interesting matchup. But like, imagine if they go 5 and 1 again between now and when we next record, that would be great. And it's also very plausible based on who they're playing and the fact that they're hitting a little bit better. But all of our concerns, I feel, are just
0: as valid. Um, You're going to write about the Giants still, right, Doug? They haven't totally bummed you out. I'm going to write about the Giants still because uh, they're worth writing about this week. Lots of engagement on your post, too. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I I would do it anyway, but they're actually worth writing about, so that makes it easier. Um, Yeah, so you can find me twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at giantsdug.substack.com. Brian, where can people find you?
1: McCoveyChronicles.com. I write multiple times during the week there. Uh, send us your questions for the end of the season mailbag, which, wow, that's going to be in three weeks now. And uh, at Giants Chroncast, that'll be the best way to do it. That's on Twitter, at Giants Chroncast. Don't forget, we're a part of Fans First Sports Network, at Fans First SN on Twitter, or FansFirstSports.com, and you can check out all the podcasts that are on the network for all the different leagues uh, and teams you know there's like the 49ers and the Warriors and uh, those are the only other teams in sports right Just the Giants I have heard of them so. I've heard of them <laughs> uh, So check that out and uh, so until next week Go Giants.